Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Kedushin Ayin Vav, Kedushin 76a, pagination 151. The Mishnah, towards the middle of the page, tells us that there's a concept of bedika, of checking previous generations to make sure that the person that you want to do a shidduch with has good yichus. And indeed, nowadays, on some level, the Rav Mesader Kiddushin, the person officiating at the wedding, will review on some level, some lineage, to verify that the families are indeed having everything in order. Towards the middle of the Mishnah, the Mishnah states, starting at the beginning of a line, Ein bodkin lo once you see in a, the family tree that a person served in the Beis HaMikdash, meaning he was allowed to go to the Mizbeach as a Kohen, or as a Levi, he was allowed on the Duchan to say Berchas Kohanim. So at that point, you can rest assured that you don't have to check any further, because to allow a person to do those things means they were already checked by Bezdin, and you can rest assured that everything's in order as far as that part of the family goes. Likewise, Velomena Sanhedrin Ulamaila, if a person was allowed on the Sanhedrin, then that person is regarded as a Meyuchas, good lineage, and you don't have to check any further. And anybody whose ancestors were holding the position, uh, wielding the position of judge or gabai tzedaka, masian lekuhuna, they can marry into kuhuna. You could rely that it's good lineage. And you don't have to check any further. Let's move on to Ahmed Bey's, where the Gemara explains these different applications, starting from two lines above the wide. We don't check from the Mizbeach and on, moving up on the family tree. You don't have to check previous generations once you hit the Mizbeach. My time, a why? If they hadn't checked him, they wouldn't let him on. So obviously he was checked, and it's reliable. Only people who are miyuchasim were allowed on the duchan. And not from the Sanhedrin and up. My taima, why? Just like a bezdin has to be clean in terms of righteousness, honesty, integrity. Likewise, bezdin has to be clean of blemish, including lineage. And therefore, if the person was appointed to the bezdin, then that was considered reliable. 
skipping down to the two lines in middle of, two dots in middle of the line. Anybody who wielded authority. Really, we wouldn't assign uh, people who have bad lineage. Viraminhu, didn't we learn? Anybody is able to judge a financial court case as long as they have the knowledge and the righteousness, but lineage is not one of the requirements. Amar Rav Yehuda lasuye mamzer to include a mamzer is allowed to be a judge. Amar Abaye birushalayim, the unique case over here being described was in Yerushalayim. In Yerushalayim, they were more careful. If a person was appointed as a judge in Yerushalayim, then indeed it would be considered definitive that his lineage was good. I'd like to focus on the last case. If a person was appointed as a Gabay Tzedakah, then you could marry to the family. You don't have to check any further. You know that it's good. Now, a Gabay Tzedakah, charity appointee, person in charge of the fund, is not really an appointment that could not have a lineage blemish. It's not the Kohen Alevi doing service in the Beis HaMikdash. It's not the Bezdin in Yerushalayim. It's not the Sanhedrin, the higher level of court that anywhere would not appoint someone with a blemish in their lineage. He's a Gabbai Tzedakah. He's in charge of the charity fund. Why is that a breakthrough position that you could rely that the lineage is good? My time, the Gemara asks, why? And the Gemara answers, Since the position of a charity collector in their time was one of authority, as we learned, a person can force a homeowner to give tzedakah, afilu of Shabbos, even an Erev Shabbos, if the charity fund needs money now and this person is a person who's supposed to be giving, that's the authority of the person in charge of the fund. He's allowed to. And therefore they end up arguing with people because people get insulted, they get turned off, they're angry, especially Erev Shabbos, when things are busy, and you come and demand of them, the reaction is going to be, who are you? Who gave you authority? And if indeed there was something to criticize about his lineage, it would have a voice to it. There would be rumors around town. And if a person was able to hold the position of Gabay Tzedakah, and there are no rumors in town, the kind of position where people are looking to criticize. So then you can rest assured that there's nothing to criticize. Indeed, we find this idea regarding public office. A person in position of authority, so others may disagree with them in policy. But what sometimes happens is that people stoop 
and they end up trying to hurl insults, which are not relevant to the topic at hand. But it is the type of situation where someone could well lose themselves and start saying insulting things. And that's this concept, that if a Gabbai Tzedakah was able to hold his position with nobility, and there are no rumors out there of insults that people were able to stick to him, then apparently he's clean on this lineage level. I was once having a difficult situation in Rabonus, and I received some insults that uh, caused me a little bit of concern, a little bit frazzled. So I called Rabbi Wine, and his answer to me was, did you read my book? Referring to Tending the Vineyard, in which he describes that sometimes people act in a way that does not behoove them because they were criticized and they don't want to deal with that criticism. Again, if you want to argue intellectually or policy, people can argue. But if you want to start hurling irrelevant insults, that's a whole different game. A beautiful illustration of this is Reb Moshe Feinstein. Uh, for example, in Yeridea Chelek Bey's Simon Memhei, someone apparently wrote to him arguing against a tshuva that he had penned. And later writes to Reb Moshe that uh, I just want to make sure everything's okay between us. I have this concern that maybe you have complaints against me for criticizing what you ruled. And Reb Moshe writes, Im kavanoso, if what your intent of concern is, kinegdi, that maybe you insulted me in your arguments, osi, everybody who knows me knows, Shebarach Hashem, Thank God, I have no such concerns. Anybody who argues with me, that doesn't bother me, and you should rest assured that there's no problem between us. And therefore he writes, I'm just going to stick to the topic, and he writes his response. On the other hand, though, I have heard that Reb Moshe was once chosen as a Dayan for a certain court case. And when he finished, he ruled in favor of one of the litigants. And the other one got so offended, he started calling Reb Moshe a liar. And Reb Moshe was very firm. Uh, those who recount the story say he looked angry with this person, and he exclaimed, if you want to disagree with my reasoning, you could disagree. But to call me a liar, go on the street and ask if I'm a liar. And that's the difference of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. 
the personal insults are not acceptable, but the Gemara acknowledges that if there was anything to insult, people would, unfortunately. And if over the course of time, people did or didn't, but it didn't stick, it was clear that it had no relevance, then you could be reassured that the person is indeed clean. Yeshe Koach, thank you for joining.